Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about how the Ukraine war is affecting the real estate market. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Josh Zuniga, co-founder of the Inside View Real Estate Podcast, where we give you bite-sized pieces of information and give you an inside look on all the major topics, whether you're an investor, buyer, seller, or flipper. Stay tuned. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. I am your host, Josh Zuniga, the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I'm here with my amazing co-host, Carl Freund, and today we're going to talk about a very exciting topic. I'm pretty sure everybody's been wanting to know some news on it and want to get some feedback on what we think of how the Ukraine war is affecting the real estate market here in 2022. Now, obviously, it's a complete shock. Our hearts goes out to the families, you know, and everybody that's, you know, part of the Ukraine war and the efforts to obviously postpone or even stop what's going on on there from Russia. But I know, Carl, you've experienced, um, you know, even like the the attacks on 9-11. I'm not going to say that's somewhat, uh, some of an instance of what we're experiencing now, but you can see how the real estate market can relate and also the stock market significantly what we've seen over the past few weeks. Now, give me your insight because I know that was kind of like a black swan event that happened, you know, and we'll talk more about that, you know, just over how many years ago now? Oh, geez, almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, almost 20 years. That Over 20 years. Over yeah. 20 years. That really just shocked not only the United States, but the, the globe as well. And you saw money and everything completely lock up, right? Now, this is a little bit different angle, but tell me what your feedback is on what happened during 9-11. How yeah. can it actually translate here in Number 2022? One, yeah, Putin's a dick. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yep. Say, yeah. it. So, Say it. Say uh, it. And there's a lot more to what's going on in uh, Ukraine than what we're actually being told. I 100% believe and that. So, there's definitely some outside motivations of what yeah, we're actually being right. Not a conspiracy story at all. Yeah. But you know, I see, I have the fortune of being able to see both sides of that story, yeah. and so it's not as unprovoked as you think it would be. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll just leave that at that. But what we saw, I remember 9/11 very specifically because I was there at the World Trade Center. The, Sunday before that happened, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, you know, tragic, you know, loss of life, people that I know and went to school with. And uh, the immediate after effects were unlike anything we've ever seen in our life. Yeah. And I very distinctly remember that, you know, the bond markets re- in the stock market got halted several times, if I remember correctly. So, you know, the, uh, the stock markets and bond markets don't like instability, right? And the bond market is really what drives mortgage rates. And so I need people to understand that the stock market and the bond market, while they are correlated, they're not 100% correlated, mm-hmm. right? So like a lot of times there's inverse effects because when the bond market is doing well, it's because people are, are risk averse and they're pulling money out of the stock market generally to put it into bonds or other currencies or other commodities, yeah. right? So like. Gold would be a really good example. So when there's a lot of instability in the stock market, like what we're seeing now, people tend to flee to safety. You know, they're saying, hey, I don't want to lose money. Where am I going to put my money? They cash out of the stock market. We see that dip in the stock market. And then we see the bond market go up. We see commodity prices going up, which is what you're seeing now. We see Significantly, potentially yes. a little bit of inflation or deflation, depending on what pressures we're seeing externally. And we're in an environment that we've never really encountered before. Where we're seeing you know, relatively low rates. But the Fed just came out the other day and said, hey, we're going to boost up a quarter point. What happened in the stock market? Went up 2.5%. Makes no sense, mm-hmm. right? So like we saw we saw the S&P 500 go up 2.52% the other day after the immediate release that, hey, we're going to re- raise interest rates by a quarter point. Because now we have direction. We know. 
and what happens is that the market says, hey, look, if we don't know, we're going to price in the worst case scenarios, right? What if the Fed came out and said, hey, we're going to raise interest rates a half a percent, right? So that's already priced into the model. Uh, getting way off course here, right? But what, basically what it comes down to is that the stock market does not like instability. We need a direction. If we know what direction we're going to go in, we have it priced out, right? It'll price it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Um, but the war in Ukraine is creating a lot of instability. And people are really wondering, like, hey, is this going to be World War III? Hey, what happens if, you know, Putin decides to, to go nuclear on us, right? Or use even a remote option of that or chemical warfare, which would force our hand into getting involved. You know, we're already seeing shipments of uh, weapons to Ukraine, which we promised Russia that we would not do. We're getting a lot of pressure from the uh, outside world to put Ukraine into NATO, which we said we wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes. And Putin has only a couple requests. Number one, don't point missiles at us, right? Because the United States is arming Ukraine and pointing missiles at Soviet Union or, you know, Russia. Mm-hmm. Not Soviet Union. Russia. And so think about it from a reverse point of view. You know, what if, and look at what happened in Cuba, Bay Pigs, right? So, like, if you look at history, and Russia pointed missiles at us from Cuba, 90 miles away, and we're doing the same thing. You know, what was our reaction, right? Pretty bad. Yeah. He's just protecting his interests. And, you know, so if you look at that whole thing there, I mean, I think you're not getting all the information. A lot of people aren't getting all the information. And so the problem is now that politically Putin has been been backed into a corner, where he either concedes and withdraws, or he's going to escalate tensions. Like, there's no, like, mid-ground there. And it's been very clear that, you know, Ukraine is not going to back down. And they basically came out and said, you know, the president came out and said, Zelensky came out and said, hey, look, the only way we're going to retreat is death, right? You're going to have to kill us all first. Yeah. Um, Politically, that's not a good move, in my opinion. You know, I'm not a politician. So... Uh, I don't like instability. I don't like rising interest rates when it comes to housing, but they're still historically really low. Like when we're talking about getting a 4% loan, I'm like, that shit's really cheap. You know, like I'm going to refinance my house soon. It's really cheap at 4%. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm okay paying 5%. I'm okay paying 6%. But every one point increase in interest rate reduces the person's buying power by 11%. Is very highly leveraged. That's significant, guys. That's, That's a few hundred dollars. Uh, Throw you out of qualifying per month, right? Yeah, so, like, if, if you know, two hundred grand got you a four hundred thousand dollars house, now you know you're going to spend two hundred twenty thousand for the same, house, or yeah, twenty two hundred a month for the same house. Mm-hmm. That's tough for a lot of people, you know. Or you're going to spend forty thousand or forty some odd thousand dollars less. Yeah. Now, going back to obviously, what are the effects on like how the real estate market, you know, in turn? So, when that when that information was released that obviously uh, Putin was coming into the Ukraine, uh, I know there was a lot of people that were like, "Oh my God, you know, what do we do? You know, what's the what's our next move?" Everybody starts worrying about like their money, obviously their safety. Is you know, are we going into World War Three? Is this really happening? Like, are we? Are we felt like we were beyond that, you know, like a little bit more civilized in how we're going to operate things. Uh, apparently not. You no. know, do I think there is um, not, not getting political by any means, but some premeditated um, and underlying results of what's happening right now that the have already been really yeah, fucking impactful. exactly right. right so right. this has been playing I don't think it's new news to people yeah. that know really what's going on in the world and you know let's let's say like the puppet masters mm-hmm. of how how things operate yeah we've been operating some shit in Ukraine for a while yeah this is this is not 
this is not a surprise, right? Mm-hmm. And it would be very sad to say and know that if we were a part of it on both sides, which usually there are, um, as far as when it goes to the war, there's our, there are financiers of both sides of wars. And well, China? Yeah. You're not even taking consideration that China and Russia share a huge border, right? Yeah. And so who's got the second biggest economy in the world? China. And who are they aligned with? Russia. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's an accident? Absolutely not. No. no. Do you think the meeting between you know, the heads of state were an accident right before this happened? No. 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 But so China's going to be financing Russia's shit. Of course. Absolutely. Of course Everybody's going to have like, their hands in it yeah, in some way, shape, trading. or form. Like, yeah. Russia's saying, you know, screw your sanctions because we've got China right next door. What are you going to do? <laughs> U.S., we don't need your shit. Yeah. Right? China will buy all the oil. Yeah. Cool. So how, how does it affect people in the uh, the real estate market? Well, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going back a, into it. This is the Inside going, View Real Estate yeah, Podcast. Going back into it, guys. So like we said, I had I literally had probably like four or five individuals reach out to me, Josh, what do we do? Do we sell? Do we hold? You know, do I buy? Do we wait? You know, what what is, you know, what's the next best move for you? And me personally, I thought if, if we do go into war or if there's any exercise move to where the U.S. is definitely going to take a bigger position, you know, in protecting you know Ukraine against Russia. Then, yeah, if you are looking to get your money out and be in a better position, then I would definitely consider selling. But you also have to know and understand what's going to be your next move, right? Are you going to be renting for the next year or two years, or are you going to actually get into a mortgage that's going to be higher than what you are now? Are you going to live a little bit more simple life and just wait till you know like the dust settles? Those are things and conversations that you have to have not only with yourself. While you're with your family. So uh, Carl and I, you know, we, we read an article, you know, I think it was put out by Fortune Who and also like Redfin that's saying nationally, um, the there's still an extreme shortage. Locally here within Phoenix, though, surprisingly, we are seeing, we're seeing an increase in inventory. What was the uh, list active listings that we saw? So we were up today? 10% like in about a week. Yeah, we were up 10% you know. in just over a week. And even, even me as an agent and other agents, we felt it. It's usually like around the second or third week of February. Boom. Everybody just kind of starts to get back into the market, which mm-hmm. in historically speaking, spring is our largest peak of transactions that we have. It's actually July. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because June, July. June and July. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's because of school. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happens. But yeah. so in my position, like, what do you, if you ask me, like, what do you do? Right? I mean, for me, I don't like. Let's see. I just ask you, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you uh, my two cents. You no, know, for me personally, a big portion of my portfolio and the properties that I own um, are long-term holds. Yep. Okay. So my hedge against, you know, obviously inflation and also to take advantage of the appreciation is to always have rental properties. If any of my properties, you know, lose, you know, a value of anywhere from 10, 15, 20%, I'm still going to be okay. I'm making anywhere from four, sometimes even over a thousand dollars, you know, on my rental rates that are paying for my life. Cash flow. Cash flow, yeah. uh, the cash flow. I also get tax incentives as far as depreciation and the appreciation that we have over year over year for the last two or three years since I've owned um, all six of my rental properties are, are doing significantly well. I know each one of them has appreciated over $100,000. So even if they go down by, say, 10% or 20%, that's not really going to sting me whatsoever because I still have the cash flow. What you guys have to understand, especially when you're investing in real estate, Cash flow is king. Mm-hmm. You always want to be worried about the cash flow that you have coming in because in the short term, if you look at real estate over maybe over a one to three year period, yeah, you may seize losses. But every time you look at a 10 year period, you're always on the upside. 
for the most part. Okay, you hit on something that I think a lot of people need to understand fundamentally. Yeah. And so what we saw in 2008 was people were buying homes with no money down. Mm-hmm. They didn't have skin in the game, okay? What we saw over the last really 12 years, you know, since about 2010, is that the mortgage guidelines changed substantially. Now people have equity in their properties. It's not like the setup was before. Yeah. So if you're sitting and you hit it, and I think a lot of people kind of know it, but they don't really know it. You don't need to sell. What happened in 2008? Everybody needed to fucking sell at one time. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're they're like, everybody was underwater. I'm foreclosed. Everybody's underwater. I'm getting foreclosed. Give yeah. it back to the bank. I don't even care. Cash for keys. Write me a thousand bucks. I'll get out. Perfect. They don't need to do that. They don't need to do it. Number one, they can qualify for a loan because they have a job and they have income and they can actually afford it and they're living in the property or it's cash flowing. Yes. Right? They don't need to sell it. The setup is completely different. I'm not going to walk away with $200,000 or $100,000 worth of equity because I'm like, oh, I think the market's going to change. No, you're still making the payment. You're still making the cash flow. Okay, cool. You're still depreciating the property. Cool. Hang on to it. The setup is different. And so what happens is when you have a lot of inflation like this, people get used to paying the price. When that gas went over $5, everybody lost their freaking mind. But guess what? You pull up the pump, you, you pump normal. the thing, you and normal. you're not putting it on Instagram anymore, right? Yeah. So you get used to the price. What's happening when housing, with housing? You get used to paying over asking because it's just what you do, right? People are getting used to it. We're not going to see this massive deflationary pressure. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So if you're looking to make a move because you want to get in before the interest rates go up, yeah, now it's time to do it. But it, you know, if you're like, hey, I don't need to move, don't freaking move. Wait, it's all good. Yeah. Like you're not going to get damaged by the market. Mm-hmm. It's not going to come down and bite you in the butt because you're going to depreciate your house 20% over the next year. It's not going to happen. So you know, that's it is what it is. Yeah. And if guys, if you're on the buy side, you know, I had probably four individuals reach out to me or we, I touched base with them again in the beginning of January. I was like, Hey, I know you said you wanted to wait until 2022 to see what, what the next move you were going to make. And you know what all of them said to me? Damn, I should have bought in 2021. And I was like, I give them the benefit of the doubt because we didn't know what the the unforeseen unforeseen circumstances of what how much the market was going to appreciate in 2020, and to know like people don't not like you know instability and volatility and the unknown is scary for people, especially if you're investing your hard earned money that mm-hmm. you've worked so long to get for five, ten, fifteen years, and now you finally got a little nest egg. I get it, I understand, um, but do we see you know the appreciation of and the prices continuing to go up here within Arizona? Absolutely. Are we going to see a 30% appreciation over the year? You know, I don't think so, but it's probably going to get pretty close. I mm. wouldn't say that close, but it's probably going to definitely be over 10, 12, 15% uh, from what we're seeing locally. now. Locally. Locally. Locally, not, not nationally. Okay. So if you guys need to buy, go for it, you know, instead of putting in your money, because Trust me, guys, in the next three to five years, this is going to be a renter's market, all right? There's going to be so many people that are not going to be able to qualify for a mortgage. The average price, the average median home price in Arizona right now is $430,000. That's up $130,000 from the previous year. What's it going to be in three to five years? People coming out of college, working for two or three years, trying to qualify for half a million dollar loan, not going to happen. The, the income for uh, the wage growth for income is not going to meet what the purchase price of what the median home price is going to be here. So condo markets are probably going to become more popular, right? And going back into townhouses and so on and so forth. So if you're looking to purchase, make the considerations now. If you still feel uncomfortable with it, all right, then just keep renting, you know, and just be happy with your decision. You have to be with, happy with which path you're actually going to go on. For sellers, 
if you like, just like what Carl saying, if you don't have to sell, don't. But if you need to sell because you're moving, then uh, because of your location or what your what your family needs are, then make the consideration and then speak with us or speak with me or Carl, and we can figure out what's going to be the best plan of attack for you to not you know be house poor. You know, yeah. essentially, what is our area? Where are we going to be? Take some of that equity, maybe invest in not only one but two, maybe even three properties. I have a lot of buddies right now that are, are cash flowing uh, or actually selling, and we're buying not only their new primary but an investment property. Great. Now you have two houses at once that are appreciating. That's a smart move financially. And if you have the capability and the ability and the capacity to do it while you have a family, do that as well, guys, because we're trying to help you set up generational wealth here, but you need to start making the decisions and the choices now. People that wait on the sideline are always going to be on the sideline and never get in the game. Yeah, just make a decision either way. Because indecision is, you know, the worst thing you could possibly do. Absolutely, guys. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. We hope it gave you some information about, you know, what how the Ukraine war is actually going to be affecting the real estate market. We want to be there to help you support your decisions, but we'll see you on the next episode. And we'll dive in deeper. Take care. Hey, guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. Do all the things. We want to continue to bring value to you every single episode. But until next time, see you on the inside.